Hey there, I'm Jennifer, and welcome to another episode of Uncommon Knowledge. This week, I'm going to wrap up my four-part series on the four agreements. If you haven't heard any of the previous episodes, I've broken down each of the agreements and talked about what they are and kind of how they apply and maybe what the, the meaning or maybe my struggles kind of shared from my personal experience with you, uh, kind of what that's looked like for me. This last one is the capstone, actually, I think. The one that makes all of the others kind of hold in place. It, it helps keep all of the others in their place and um, in perspective in some ways, but it kind of holds them all true to where they need to be. And of the four agreements, this one is the most freeing for me. It's the one that is the ointment, if you will, for my perfectionism. It's the one that makes the calm out of my anxiety to be perfect. This agreement forces me to be aware of my current state. Am I tired? Did I get enough sleep? Am I sick? Am I stressed? Am I worried? Am I demotivated? Am I hungry? Am I happy? Am I excited? Both the positives and the negatives on those things, but to be mindful of where I happen to be at any given moment of time, or even if I'm looking back on uh, the time that I've come through, looking and, and being aware of where I was at those particular moments. My state influences my best at any given moment, and Being aware of that helps me set the expectation with myself for my performance because I am my harshest critic and that's not unusual. That's not special to me. Most of us are and being mindful of our state and applying what I'm about to talk about, about doing your best is that allowance for you to be human and that allowance for you to not expect yourself to be perfect and to give yourself some grace when it comes to your performances, right? Your behaviors, your choices, your actions. That's what I'm gonna mean by performance. My aim with this agreement is just to do my best. If I've done my best, that's all I can and should ask of myself. So when I'm evaluating my performance and I'm tempted to judge myself or be critical or disappointed that I wasn't perfect, I must apply the filters of what was my state at that time and did I do my best? And So when I'm looking at my results through those filters, I can apply the fourth agreement and give myself the grace to not be perfect. We must realize that our current state is going to impact our best. If I'm not feeling well, or if I'm not sleeping well, my body and my mind are not in peak performance condition. So it's not possible to perform as well as I would if I wasn't ill or if I was fully rested. So if your aim is to do your best, then you're free from the expectation of perfect. And for me, that means I'm able to let go of all of that fear and live in the moment and live my life fully focused on being present, giving grace and enjoying life. It also frees me up to enjoy the activity or the action for what it is, not what I'll get as a result or a reward. Professionally, 
this looks like me not stressing about the 50 hires I've been asked to make this quarter. Fear of not getting all 50. That's stress. That's stress inducing for the perfectionist in me. Let go of that fear is freeing. So now if I'm doing my best, it doesn't mean that I'm not driven. It doesn't mean that I'm not pushing to get all 50. It doesn't mean that I'm not working towards that goal of getting all 50. It just means that I accept that I might not get all 50. And that if I do my best, every chance I get in the process, that's all I can ask for of myself. You know, so it means embracing the idea that 50 is a great goal and I could probably achieve it, but I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not going to expect myself to be perfect. I'm going to commit to doing my best every day. And then I'm going to continue to do that and continue to do it. And where I end up at the end of the quarter is... A much better place whether I hit that 50 or not then I would be at mental state physical state and as I'm about to talk about in a lot of other ways because when I focus on being my best it allows me to enjoy my work it allows me to enjoy the time that I spend every day away from my family and my friends and outside activities committed to an activity that pays the bills that brings home the bacon <laughs> and when I am allowed to enjoy my work rather than be stressed out by the specific goal of 50 hires in that timeline, and when I enjoy my work, I feel good. And that carries over into my relationships with coworkers, to the way that I respond to their inquiries, to the way that I view their interactions, their conversation with me. It sets me up for success, right? It sets me up to not make assumptions and it sets me up to not take it personally. And it sets me up to be impeccable with my word. And when I'm doing better in those relationships, when I'm feeling more connected to those relationships and I'm setting myself up for more success in those relationships, that's felt, it's an impact not only on my overall outcome, my overall work satisfaction, but my overall relationship and their perspective in their life and their situation and how they interact with me. It also carries over to my conversations with candidates. Those conversations that connect a human to another human. If I'm feeling good about what I do and I'm enjoying my work, Trust me, I bring an elevated game to that conversation and the connection with that human being is so much better. Not only do they connect with me and I with them on a human level, there are things that we're able to cover and get to and that I'm able to uncover about what they want and what they need in a new opportunity that I can better assess whether or not they'll be a good fit for our company or whether our company would be a good fit for them. And... Those results, in turn, yield better results on many more levels. <laughs> because when I'm able to make great fits, I'm able to impact the overall productivity of the company. Because there's a study, several studies actually, that talk about that employee engagement, employee satisfaction has a direct correlation to employee productivity. So if I can do that on every conversation with a candidate on every level, 
then I'm finding great fits and great fits are turning out to stay longer, um, be more productive, and that impacts our company as a whole, both in the bottom line and in the long-term success. I could probably do an entire podcast on the benefits of great hires. And that may, that may be one that comes later this year. We'll see. In my personal life, this could look like giving myself grace in hitting my fitness goals. If I set the expectation that I have to be perfect, that I have to work out five days a week, eat perfectly, and hit a loss goal by a certain time, I am bound to fail or give up completely. But if I just do my best on any given day or choice, moment by moment, I'll have less stress and I'll be able to allow life to happen. I can miss a day and not beat myself up about it because honestly, maybe I had a headache or maybe I didn't sleep well or maybe a friend needed me at the last minute and you know, you know, maybe I just needed to read a book because if you know me, you know I love to read and that's a life-giving, soul-reviving thing for me to do and, and maybe that day I just needed to do that. And if I'm giving myself the grace to acknowledge and accept what my best is and I'm doing my best that day, then if that best looks different from what yesterday's best was or what tomorrow's best will be, I am free from the comparison the expectation of perfect, the beating myself up, and it frees, all of that frees you up to be able to still commit, to start the next day recommitted to your goal, just like you should every day, with the idea that today I'm gonna do my best and today's accomplishments, if I'm doing my best, they're the best, they're more than acceptable. They, they are all that I could ask for from myself. And so as I said at the start of this, this agreement really is the most freeing for me. It allows me, like I said, the, that ointment of my perfection because perfectionism will just kill you. It will wear you out. And I really believe that if you're living in a space of just being worn out, that you're physically and mentally exhausting yourself by your expectations, you are not capable of giving the world or anybody anything good, really. You certainly can't be um, giving your, your best to, to something, which means that anything, if you look at the impact, my, my relationship with my kid, if I'm not expecting myself to be perfect, then there's room in my relationship with him for me to make a mistake. And if I'm not expecting him to be perfect, there's room in our relationship for him to make a mistake. And there's room for us to love each other through that and to give grace through that. And internally too, if I'm not expecting myself to be perfect, there's room for me to give grace in that to myself. And that if I can just let go of the expectation to be perfect, I can embrace myself and love myself really to the fullest extent. And that is where your ability to pour out comes from what you have inside and the reserves that you have and how you use that energy is the reserves and the, the amount, right? The source for which you have to give out and giving love and giving grace and giving of your time and your investments all of those things are dependent upon you pouring into yourself and having 
you know, the the self-care mindset of loving yourself first, giving yourself these graces, and setting reasonable expectations for yourself. It all starts at home, really, and I think that's what kind of the overall message for the four agreements is. I talked about them in this order because this is the order that they're in the book, and and I do really think that, that this last one does wrap it up. And so kind of in review, when you are practicing these things, you are controlling the aspects that you control, that you can control. Um, they're internal, they're you. Like I said, it starts at home. You're being impeccable with your word. You're saying what you mean and you mean what you say. And you're not giving people false hope. You're not lying to people out of the necessity or the feeling or the desire to avoid conflict. You're being honest with yourself. You're being truthful about your intentions. You're being truthful with yourself about what it is that you want, what your motivators are. Um, You are also then, like I said, using your words to build, to edify, breathing life. You're speaking life into somebody when you speak truth to them, when you speak honesty to them, when you speak from a place of your truth and your honesty versus something that you think they want to hear or that you quote unquote need to say in order to be a good friend, a good boyfriend, a good husband, a good girlfriend, a good wife, a good mom, a good sibling, a good daughter, whatever. Then the second one then is, it's not personal, is that aspect of remembering that others' choices are not a reflection on you. Your choices are a reflection on you. Other people's choices have more to do with who they are and what they've got going on in their own little universe than it has anything to do with you. And that's for the good and the bad. It's that whole element of if I said you were purple, doesn't make you purple. The third one being to not make assumptions, to ask questions, to seek knowledge, to seek understanding both internally of yourself and externally of others. To not allow yourself to make assumptions about people's motivations, um, what people's thoughts are. None of us are mind readers. So be mindful of that when you're, when you're communicating with people. Don't make assumptions. Don't think you know what somebody is trying to say. Unless, you know, you've gone through the process of asking for clarification, you've really gotten down to it. And then the last one, again, doing your best. And when you do your best on all three of these things, in addition to all the other things you're doing in life, giving yourself the space to fail at these sometimes, to accept that you're not going to hit it every time, you're not going to be perfect, you're going to take things personally sometime, but stopping and reflecting and analyzing and figuring out and getting up and remembering tomorrow's another day and chance to do it all again. And you're just going to do your best. And today maybe your best meant you took something a little personal, but you recovered from it. So that is the last of the four agreements conversation. If you haven't read the book, I still hope you go out and read it. There's a lot more to it than I was able to fit in four 20-ish minute segments. It really is something that speaks to me. The years since I've read it the first time, I've read it several times again. And each time I'm reminded of new things, new ways in which I can put it into practice, or I can look back on it and see progress. Um, When I look at things and I remember that the first time I read it, you know, a particular piece stuck out to me like, oh my God, I, I hadn't realized I was doing it. So if you haven't read it, I really do encourage you to go read it. I look forward to sharing more things with you guys. I think 
next episode, we'll get back to some of the things that um, I've learned outside of the classroom. I've got some new lessons to think about and to, to process and percolate on to share with you guys. So as always, I appreciate that you guys listen and I look forward to, to sharing with you more. Until next time, be well.